We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Ball loose. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly, and hits again! It's Halliburton at the buzzer, Captain Kush with another one! Brogdon goes inside, and Turner finishes! Halliburton leaves it off for Batase. Go, go! Good job! Oh, what a move by Heald, he lays it in! Heald, hotter than fish grease! Drops it off to Jalen Smith! With the poster! Jackson the catch, Jackson the basket! Washington, again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal. Out running is Brissette. Pounds it home. It's it to Taylor. Taylor missed it, tips it in. Warren lets it fly. Yes! TJ Warren is not human! Halliburton gonna slam it at the other end. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. And we are kicking off our free agency series today with none other than Jalen Brunson. Fachi, this is a really exciting young player, and I'm excited to talk about him today. Absolutely. Jalen Brunson feels like the talk of the town, or at least the talk of the playoffs right now, of that player entering free agency at the perfect time. We already know it's going to be a weak free agency class, but a guy like Jalen Brunson definitely spiced things up a bit. Absolutely. And so there was an article that came out today and another some articles later uh, in the offseason or previously in the offseason about him. So we're going to get into all of that. But I just want to let you guys know we're going to be doing a ton of free agency stuff because the Pacers actually have cap space and with the ability to do sign and trades with some of their veterans. There's a lot of things we can talk about here, but we're going to start off first. Um, obviously, you guys are well aware of who Jalen Brunson is, but Fachi, can you give us a little bit more uh, in-depth stuff information on Jalen Brunson in terms of how long he's been in the league and uh, when he was drafted and who he plays for. Absolutely. So Jalen Brunson is in his fourth season in the NBA. He is out of Villanova. Uh, the man was a two-time national champion as well as a player of the year in college. Um, but also, you know, he was the 33rd overall pick, a guy that maybe they slept on a bit, someone who did three years in college, you know, six, one or so he's listed at. So Maybe some people slept on him, fell to the second round, but has really been, you know, kind of the talk of the playoffs after Luka Doncic was unable to play in the first few games of, of uh, the playoffs. 
I mean, Brunson has become kind of like a household name over the past few weeks. On the season, he averaged 16.3 points per game to go along with 4.8 assists, just a hair under four rebounds per game. And the most impressive part of all, shot over 50% from the field, and he shot over 37% from three. So he's been an efficient player year in, year out, despite being a bit undersized. Yeah, and I think one of the key things to look at here when you're looking at these regular season stats he started in 61 of 79 games that he played this year. So he played all but three games for the Mavericks, which, you know, the Pacers really could use someone, you know, that doesn't have a long injury history. So the fact that he was able to start was really important. Um, I'm going to throw a couple stats at you here, Fachi. Um, and, and the first one I think is the most important, but the Mavericks scored 116.227 points per possession when he was on the floor versus 109.485 with him off. So that's a plus seven pretty much there with Jalen Brunson in terms of points per possession. Um, you know, he was uh, second this season for the Mavericks in total possessions played. He played in 4,930 possessions for this team. So a lot of interesting stuff here. And you talked about at the playoffs. This year he has been fantastic against the Utah Jazz. Obviously we know that Luka Doncic came back in game four, but even though, Luca came back. These are just a quick rundown of what he scored in game one of the series that's going on right now. He scored 24 points. He scored 41 points in game two. The Mavericks got the W there. The Mavericks also got the W in game three where he had 31 points. And then in Luca's return, he still was able to get 23 points in that game. It was the lowest of the four, but he's averaging 29.8 points per game this postseason um, against the Utah Jazz who have uh, a really good defensive player in Rudy Gobert, but we know the Jazz also have not been the greatest perimeter defensive team in the last couple of years. And that's part of the reason why I think Brunson's dominating so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that that's really impressive. One, you mentioned how with Brunson on the court, they're averaging over 116 points per game. I mean, that would lead the NBA. So that alone right there is, is a great stat, but also you got to love players that take their game, the next level on the, the biggest stage. And right now that's the playoffs and Brunson's been nothing short of, great in the playoffs. I mean, you mentioned that 41 points, that's a career high. So he had a career high in the playoffs. I mean, just when the Mavs needed it most without Luka. I mean, th this guy is a true gamer. He's a winner. I mean, we t I already touched on it earlier, the two national championships. I mean, you got to love that in a point guard. I know he can play either guard spot, but it's obvious he he's a natural point guard. And I just feel like, man, you want your guy to be a true competitor, a winner. And that's all words I would use to describe Jalen Brunson. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you have any other stats that you would like to share in terms of uh, Brunson's production this year. So uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring to the table? Sure. From, from an advanced stat metric, you know, uh, perspective, 58.3% true shooting percentage. Very good. Uh, yeah. He had a usage rate just, just under 22, uh, which I thought was really good. Cleaning, uh, cleaning the glass had his usage rate higher at 23.8%. So not sure which is, you know, per basketball reference had it at 21.9. So not sure what the disparity is over there, but either way, I mean, it gets you feeling like, hey, if he was on another team where he was handling the ball a bit more, then I feel like he could be obviously even more effective. So it just shows that this is a player who's really starting to, you know, take that next step forward. And then just kind of a, a little bit of a rundown for this year, actually spent 57% of his minutes at the two guard spot compared mm. to point guard. So showed that he could very much play on the ball or off the ball, which is great when we're highlighting a guy that could go to the Pacers, because we obviously know we have our point guard in Tyrese Halliburton, but 
We're also, you know, very intrigued by the idea of, of pairing him with another really good ball handler, a guy such as Jalen Brunson. Yeah, so let's just talk about this because, look, I, I think there's this misconception that you can only have one true point guard on the floor, and it's Tyrese Halliburton, and Jalen Brunson would get in his way. I, I think that's a completely false narrative, and I think that we need to understand that basketball is not played the way that it was traditionally at one point when we started labeling oh, things not. one, two, three, four, five, right? It's pretty much positionless basketball, and you know, Spencer Dinwiddie is also known as a point guard, but he played in there with Jalen Brunson. Luka Doncic played with him quite a bit this year, and I was actually able to look up their minutes together. So Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic played a total of 1,316 minutes together this season. They had an offensive rating of 117.75 and a defensive rating of 113.94. So they were just above, or just below, excuse me, of a positive rating of four something. So it's probably like in the 3. 3.25, 3.5 range right there. Jalen Brunson played 1,208 minutes without Luka Doncic and had a positive net rating of 4.88. So uh, that to me is pretty good. Um, it's, a, it's a better defensive team with Brunson on and Luka off compared to them on the floor together. So with Luka on the floor and Brunson off, the Mavericks had just a 2.60 net rating. So clearly goes to show you that Brunson was the best pairing here with Luka in the backcourt. Um, but with Luka on the floor without Brunson, it's actually the worst. This uh, It is a worse uh, plus minus net rating wise than it is with just Brunson on the floor or with Brunson and Doncic. So I think that's very important. And another thing I wanted to bring up is while Halliburton is a true point guard, uh, he has excellent shooting range, and, and Brunson has showcased time and time again that he can be an efficient on-and-off-the-ball player as he has had to share the court with Doncic for over half of the minutes he played this season. So Brunson shot 40.1% on catch-and-shoot threes this season for the Mavericks with 2.2 attempts per game. On the other side, Halliburton shot 44.2% on catch-and-shoot threes this season. So being able to play off-ball, knowing Brunson is in the backcourt back with him makes a ton of sense. Um, so that is a lot of why I think these two can work together because they're both playmakers. They're both able to catch and shoot and they're both understanding like, Hey, you know, we, I mean, the fact that Brunson's already had to play second fiddle to Luka Doncic, I don't think he's going to have a problem playing second fiddle to a degree to Tyrese Halliburton, but we'll get into why that could be complicated later. But for me, just looking at those statistics, Fachi, that has me, somewhat in, intrigued by this backcourt duo. No, I, I'm definitely intrigued because I do feel like Brunson is, is a, a good scorer on, you know, I mean, basically we're going to get to some of those stats later, but also just from a three-point standpoint, I, I had mentioned, I, I don't know where Brogdon's shot went, but Brunson, what we didn't mention, also saw that he shot over 50% on corner threes. So this, mm. is, this is very intriguing over here that you would have two guys that can handle the ball but can also shoot very efficiently, but are also on more of the healthier side. I mean, Jalen Brunson, one thing that I really like about Brunson, which we talked about, was his ability to stay healthy, that in his four yeah. years, he's played three of those years, he's played in 68 games or more. Two of those years, he played in 73 games or more. And that's pretty much like the mark right now of you're playing the majority of the season. Guys don't play 80, 82 games anymore. So if you're playing anything in the 70s, I feel great about that. 
Mm. No, I completely agree. And I think the best ability is availability. And you'll mm-hmm. hear me say that multiple times on this podcast. But if you've seen the Pacers track record with injuries, then you understand why I just like having available players that play in the majority of the games. Now, look, freak accidents will happen. Um, I don't think Brunson is like a superb athlete, one of those kind of guys. So he's, uh, you know, he's not going to be one to like have a injury risk where he gets, you know, up in the air or something like that. Like you're not worried about that with him. But, you know, injuries always are a part of the game. So we just got to hope that he stays healthy, whether he's here or not. But um, I want to move over now, Fachi, to our next topic. And I'm just curious, um, has Jalen Brunson ever been linked to the Pacers through any media member or any media outlet? The only thing I could think about is the Mark Stein article that came out the other week where they mentioned that the Pacers could be interested in Brunson. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I get it due to some of the ties of the past with Carlisle and stuff like that, that you could see that come up. Pacers are one of the few teams with salary cap, like sufficient salary cap space for this yeah. offseason. But, you know, other than that, it's just a rumor for now. That was really the only link I saw with Brunson and the Pacers. Yeah, I have the full quote here from the article, and it said the Pacers have interest in free agent point guard Jalen Brunson. Brunson will be an unrestricted free agent this summer and a relatively shallow free agent class. Brunson is considered one of the best players available. He's expected to have a wide range of suitors, which could be key here, because of his ability to play both on and off the ball, which we've talked about. Indiana is expected to be one of uh, only a handful of teams that has cap space this summer. The Pacers are also rumored to be considering trading Malcolm Brogdon, which could clear further room under the cap. So I think all that is very important, Fachi, because the highlights, number one, the Pacers are going, they have cap space, right? We talked about it. Yep. They could have more cap space based on the moves they make. So, I I mean, at this point, I think we're right around, what was it, $26 million in cap space for the Pacers? So, you know, I I think if you're going to be able to, if you're going to go out and get Brunson, you're going to use up a big majority of that, probably 90 plus percent of that to be able to pry him away from Dallas um, or make Dallas overpay. So uh, this is something to keep an eye on, but I thought that that was just interesting reporting because Mark Stein, if you guys do not know, is based out of Dallas and he is very in touch with what is going on with the Mavericks and their brass. And he also is very in touch with players and media and, and coaching from Dallas. And of course we know, our next topic here, Fachi, is a uh, is a is a big point here that's I think would be pivotal in in Jalen Brunson' interest from the Pacers. Yeah, so it's ties to the Pacers, and we're talking about Rick Carlisle coaching for three years in Dallas. We're talking about Mike Weiner and Jenny Busick. Now, look, how much do the assistant coaches weigh in? You know, in this situation, it might not be much, but who knows what Brunson's specific relationship was with those assistant coaches? When you when it comes down to just Carlisle over here. Look, the easy thing to do is to just look and say, hey, Brunson's having a career year right now without Carlisle. Like, would he want to play for him again? But I'm sure it's there's it's much deeper than just that. So I would love to hear more about what the relationship was, because you never know. We heard that Doncic's relationship was a bit rocky with Carlisle, but we never heard that about Jalen Brunson and Carlisle. Yeah, so I will say this. I know some Dallas people that cover the team and uh... – one of the things they really told me last year was they were kind of looking to maybe trade Brunson just because they felt like Brunson, um, you know, they thought he was sneakily bad in the playoffs last year and was not good on the defensive side of the ball. And they played the Clippers last year and the Clippers have a very unique roster and how they're built up having really long lanky guys like a Paul George, like a Kawhi Leonard. And that could have been very difficult for a guy like Jalen Brunson who's only six foot one. So I, I definitely think that there is, 
you know, some, some interesting thoughts there from those people that cover the team, but they also said Rick Carlisle absolutely loves him. Okay. So the fact that Carlisle apparently loves Jalen Brunson, I think that is, you know, important because you know, Carlisle will vouch for him if the Pacers have interest, right? Number one, definitely. And, and number two, like you said, who knows what his relationship was with Jenny Busek and Mike Weiner, but I think that it's pretty obvious these players love Jenny Busick. I hear um, nothing but the best. Yeah. And, and we haven't really heard too much about Mike Weiner, but like if you pay attention to Jenny's social media page, like even when Jeremy Lamb and them all came back, like she's giving them big hugs. Like she truly loves working with these guys. And she did a terrific job working with TJ McConnell this year. And he talked about that on our podcast with us. If you know, if you don't, mm-hmm. uh, if you recall that Flachi. So I think that it's really important. I think, uh, you know, Jalen Brunson probably has, deep respect for both uh, coach Jenny and coach Mike here. So that's me could make it somewhat enticing for him to pick Indiana, knowing the familiarity, number one, with the coaches and with the system they want to run. Absolutely. And when you mentioned that, you know, there was talks at time that they tried to trade Jalen Brunson in the article that ESPN came out with, they mentioned that Carlisle actually tried to trade up to get Tyrese Halliburton in the draft a couple yeah. of years ago. They were offering Brunson, I think it was like the 18th pick and like a pick in the low 30s. One, I don't blame Carlisle for wanting to trade for Tyrese Halliburton. All right. <laughs> so, hey, that, that was clearly his destiny to finally get Halliburton, and he did. I thought that was a fun fact because clearly Carlisle's had his eyes on Halliburton for a while. But also the fact of being able to then pair both those guys together, I feel like it's something that you would think that Rick would be in love with, but also it'd be great to have them both to be just two fun guards, you know, being able to continue to grow together. Both, both still young. I know how Burton's younger, but uh, you know, it would definitely be pretty intriguing and fun to watch for me. Absolutely. Fachi. Well, let's take a quick break and we come back. We will tell you why we think Jalen Brunson could make sense for this team and how the Pacers could possibly pull off this move. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Vachi. So tell me, why does Jalen Brunson make sense for the Pacers? Here's why I'm going to say it makes sense. One, the Pacers are more than likely to move on. For Brogdon. And I feel like if I could capitalize it, underline it, put it in italics, whatever it is that I can get that point through, I don't see Brogdon coming back. So then, you know, many have, you know, liked the pairing of, hey, I want to pair another guard with Halliburton, not just like put Duarte in the starting lineup, but like another guy that can handle the rock. And like we've we've tossed out, hey, what's the patient get Jaden Ivey and they could do that? Ivey might not be there. 
So I like the fact that at least we'll, we'll kind of have an idea about that first, because obviously the timing of the draft and free agency, but I don't know if Ivy's going to be there. Brunson then is someone that, you know, you have a shot, a shot to get. I mean, the Patriots yeah. will have the money to do it. Uh, he's going to be a free agent. So it's not like, Hey, Dallas needs to like, you know, accept the trade or anything like that. He's a quick and accurate guard. He can hit the three ball very well. He's, uh, we mentioned how efficient he's been 37% uh, the past year, 50% on corner threes, but also, I mean, the, the previous year he shot 40% from three in Dallas. So, I love that. But then also he can create for others and he really gets to the rim. Well, he's undersized, but when I talk about getting to the rim, it's like his free throw attempts aren't going to you know, really show that 2.7 attempts per game, which is probably better than some people would have thought. But I want to throw out a stat here. It said only Memphis's John Morant and Luka Doncic had a higher shooting percentage inside five feet this season that Brunson's 64.6% among guards with at least 200 attempts. You're talking about this guy is elite in terms of making shots inside the paint, so inside five feet. So love that. But then also it says Brunson also ranked among the NBA's most prolific and efficient scorers in the five to nine foot range, shooting just below 51%. And then he got better from 10 to 14 uh, feet he shot 53.9%. So this guy from 14 feet in is elite. And then we're talking about from three-point land, he's no slouch because he's shooting over 37%. So I think he's a fantastic pairing for pretty much any team. But, man, I love the idea of him and Halliburton together. Yeah, I think one of the things that I love about him is what you just said. Efficient, efficient, efficient. And that is mm-hmm. exactly what he is. Um, he's not cute. He's not flashy. He just gets the job done. And I think Pacer fans will really be excited about that. I will say this. um, It all matters with who they draft. And I think you brought that up. But that is the biggest key here. Who do the Pacers draft? And if they draft a a guard, whether it's Matherin, whether it's Sharp, whether it's Jaden Ivey, then it's not really smart to me to invest. Not at all. In Jalen Brunson, because at this point, he would just be taking away minutes from your rookie that you are very excited about. So I will say this, if the Pacers go with a big man in the front court, then Brunson makes a ton of sense. And as well as, as great as all of your stats are about his efficiency and stuff like that, I love the playoff experience that he has already got under his belt. And this year has been huge because I I was one of these people, I'm not sure if you were, but when I heard Luka Doncic was going to be out for potentially the first I thought it was going to be longer than the first four games. I thought he would be out for the series with this calf strain. The fact that Brunson put this team on his back and got them two victories without Luka Doncic, obviously there's other parts. Maxi Kleber played a big part in it, but he was the leader of this team. Getting that playoff experience and taking down the Jazz when a lot of people like myself picked the Jazz to win this series with expecting Luka to miss the series, it's just been it's so eye-popping, and I think it's going to help Brunson get paid in the offseason. So I just feel like the ability to be such an offensive dynamic player is huge for this team. And I really like the fact that he's already played under Carlisle. I really think that that really makes a difference because if you have new guys in the system that aren't really familiar with it yet, getting someone that is familiar with it is only going to help make the process easier. Obviously, I think him and Halliburton could do wonders together. I talked about the catch and shoot stats earlier. I think that will be pivotal in this team's experience. Look, I understand Buddy Heald 
and Tyrese Halliburton, they have chemistry together. Buddy Heald has grown as a player since he's come to Indiana from when he was previously with Sacramento. Obviously, there's no doubt about it. But Brunson fits the age group a little bit more. I think he's 25 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So he'll be, I think he'll be 26 this year if he's not already, but 25 years old, right around the same age as Miles Turner. Came in the draft of 2018. The Pacers took Aaron Holiday that season. They could have had um, Jalen Brunson instead. But all in all, I really like the way that he has showcased himself as a playmaker and a guy that is willing to accept a lesser role and be that side co-star to the star. And I think if he realizes this is Halliburton's team and potentially whoever our first-round draft picks team is, like he wants to be part of that core um, I just I worry a little bit though about the money, Fachi. So do I, and, and you know, it really does scare me a little bit. We'll get into that a bit, but yeah, I, just to go back into you know the coaches. Look, I love the familiarity that he had with has with Rick Carlisle. I mean, that definitely makes things a lot easier. But if, yeah, just like you touched on, if the Pacers do end up getting Jay Nivey, I mean, this whole scenario it's done. It's gone. It makes no sense to bring in a, a highly you know expensive potentially. Uh, guarded Jalen Brunson when you already have other guards on the team. But you talked about playoff success. Man, I remember trying to do the whole glass half full approach when we got Tory Craig. I was like, this guy's got playoff experience. Like <laughs> he's got NBA finals experience. Like, oh my God. And like it was Tory Craig. Like at least we got Jalen <laughs> Brunson averaging a hair under 30 points per game in a playoff series. Like yeah. that's that's big stuff right over there. But yeah. think about his head coaches in the past. Jay Wright won multiple national titles. Rick Carlisle won an NBA title. And then you also got Jason Kidd, who had a great NBA career. So mm. he's learned under some really good coaches. So I really, really like that. And then he could add kind of like a little bit more of like winning to, to the Pacers. I mean, I know that it's not like Dallas has gotten out of the first round with Brunson or anything like that, but they're heading towards it this year. So I think that that's a big opportunity because you look at this Pacers team and Guys like Buddy Heald has never been in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, Hal Burton's never been in the playoffs. You know, you got a lot of young guys. So it's like, I would like to add someone that's been there and that could be like, hey man, I, I expect to be in the playoffs. Like this, this is what this is what I'm thinking year in, year out. So if these players, if it could rub off on the rest of the team, that'd be the best thing possible. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think a, a great point here is while he has that experience, he's still in part of that that prime I love of this Pacers yep. roster. So I think those two things are very important. Um, now, this is where it gets interesting. What ways could the Pacers acquire Jalen Brunson? So obviously we know they have the cap space to do it, but they could also do a sign and trade, Fachi. Um, so I, I think there's a couple of different ways to look at this, and I, I just want to get into it real quick. Um, depending on what the Pacers are willing to give him, I think that matters a lot. Obviously, you told me today in this article by Tim McMahon that Mark Cuban is not a fan of a sign and trade. Is that correct? It is. He said that that uh, there's um, major belief that the Mavs are unlikely to accommodate a sign and trade regarding Jalen Brunson. Okay, that might be fine and dandy, but I call bullcrap on that. If Jalen Brunson, arguably their second most important player on this team, okay. It might be Dorian Finney-Smith, but I think Brunson's right up there with it, okay? Yeah. This team lacks lacks star power, okay? Outside of Luka, of course. Well, that's what I'm saying, outside of Luka, yeah. you're right. So I'm talking about Luka's sidekicks, right? Mm -hmm. They lack star power. And if you look at this, I think this is a direct message to the New York Knicks because the New York Knicks do not have the cap space to acquire him, and he has been linked to them 
pretty much since December this year. So I think that was a sign like, hey, we're not going to give you Jalen Brunson in a sign and trade for any of your crappy contracts. We don't want mm-hmm. your Evan Fournier's. We don't want to take on Julius Randle's big contract. No, we're not doing it. However, I think it's a pretty fair debate. You could say Malcolm Brogdon is a better overall player than Jalen Brunson. Malcolm Brogdon will be 29 years old. He does not fit the Pacers' timeline. No. Number one. Number two, I think if the Pacers are wanting to save some of their salary cap space to make other moves, this could be a perfect way to shed some salary while also bringing back a player that makes sense. So it would create, number one, um, the opportunity for Brogdon to go to a place that could really use him. I think defensively, Brogdon being six foot five, six foot six, being able to switch, I think he would thrive in Jason Kidd's system. However, I think Brogdon actually enjoyed playing for Kidd, if I'm not mistaken, when he was in Milwaukee. Is that correct? Uh, you know, I, I heard some rumblings, just like we heard with, with, with Brogdon and every other coach, but I, it didn't seem like he hated playing with Kidd. Yeah. So, put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look more into that, but I, I, I'll, maybe I'll do that while we're talking. But it's one of those things where I think it could make a lot of sense if the Mavericks are unable or unwilling to pay Brunson what the Pacers are. And I think that's where you could get into it. Obviously, you could throw in Miles Turner here for a sign and trade candidate as well because he is from Dallas, and he would be more than willing to sign an extension there in Dallas because it's home to him. So I think those are the two names to look at, but I obviously think it makes more sense to deal Brogdon here in a sign and trade if the Pacers prefer this uh, player, Brunson over Brogdon, just for the simple fact that Brogdon, I think, helps Dallas win now and is an efficient player despite the injury history. I mean, I completely agree. And I think I think the majority of Pacer fans would agree because you're talking about off the bat, you know, Brogdon has three years left at $22 million per year. He can barely stay healthy. We don't know exactly what Brunson's going to command in free agency, but I imagine it's going to be at a starting point of probably around $20 million. So you're already getting right into that. That's per year. Uh, and you're already getting right into that Malcolm Brogdon $22 million range. So for us, it would feel like a, a, a great swap, I'm sure, for Dallas. It would, too, because they're looking to win now. And, you know, you're getting it's – it's three years instead of a five-year deal, which, you know, at that point, it, it depends what the numbers are, but I imagine it's going to be comparable. But for, for Brogdon, I do think that he would fit the Mavs, you know, pretty well. And I think Brunson fits us very well. So, hey, on paper, it sounds great. Will Cuban just kind of, uh, you know, stick to his guns and just say, hey, I don't want to accommodate that just to accommodate it? Or does he get to the point where, hey, Brunson's really about to leave and you're going to get nothing, and then we see a deal happen? So, yeah, that's a tough part. Yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like there oh, – this is no surprise to anybody, but it looks like there could be a little bit of uh, Brogdon didn't love kid so much. Exactly. Uh, I thought there was. There was a, a – when, when Mike Budenholzer was hired – there's a YouTube clip. You guys can check it out. I'm not going to play it on the air, but Brogdon with the not so subtle shade on kid was the headline. So I was kind of like, okay, what happened here? So, um, but anyway, I, I definitely think it's worth interesting. And uh, I mean, definitely worth talking about. I don't really know anything else besides that. Um, because honestly, it appeared that kid was kind of pushing for Brogdon to win rookie of the year, but that's the only thing that really popped up. Um in terms of like beef those two could have. So I don't think it's that deep, to be honest with you. And I think Brogdon, seeing what the Mavericks did in the playoffs, right, and seeing how Kidd has adjusted, 
might be a little bit more enticed by joining that situation over going through a rebuild here. Yeah, I think Jason Kidd has definitely grown as a coach since then. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a handful of years ago. I mean, probably roughly about five years ago or so. I mean, he's had stops, and this is obviously his first year as a head coach in Dallas, but he was assisting in the Lakers when they won a championship. And, you know, he had been a head coach for a, cu- a couple of years in Milwaukee. So whatever it is, it's been a few years. I think Kidd has learned more. So Dallas looked like a much different team the second half of the year. And for a guy like Brogdon, I mean, it, it, it seems above all he wants to be in a winning situation right now. So I don't think he would complain one bit if he was dealt to the Dallas Mavericks. And I don't think the Mavericks would really complain at all in that situation. Obviously, you want your players to stay healthy, but that's that's really just the knock on Brogdon right now. I think he would have to do less in Dallas, which, which could benefit him more and probably keep him fresher. But also, after trading Porzingis, maybe they would have more of a need for a guy like Miles Turner, since yeah. they do have Dinwiddie over there. Either way, the Pacers have the pieces to be able to facilitate a sign and trade if Dallas is, you know, cooperative. Absolutely. So let's just talk about some of the biggest concerns with bringing Brunson to Indiana. So, Bachi, do you have any major concerns with this with this move? I wouldn't say major. It's just basically, hey, in a weak free agency class, this guy's the big fish. I mean, he really is. We heard that. $55 million was the offer that, you know, that Brunson and his team thought the Mavericks would offer him uh, last year. They never did. So and now and his dad saying, hey, we're not giving a discount, and I don't blame him. He's obviously played far past that. So $55 million over four years, you know, I mean, I guess it could have been a five-year deal. Either way, it's not enough. So I really do feel like he's going to be com- commanding $20 million plus per year. Then mm. you also got to ask, does he want to play for Carl again <laughs> after having a career year? You yeah. know, it, it's, it's, it's a great question. The, is he too small? Look, he, he's already producing at his height right now. And that's probably been the knock that he's had to overcome. I would say probably throughout his whole, you know, basketball career, I would say, but then also here's the next thing. Does he primarily want to be the starting point guard, which a team like the Knicks can offer him, uh, or is he just more than fine playing off the ball or sharing the ball and, and being in that positionless basketball? So I'd say they're not major concerns, but yeah. it's basically like, hey, if the Pacers are going to break the bank for someone, is Brunson worth being the guy? Because this would probably end up, sad as it is, being potentially the biggest free agent signing in Pacer history. I know David <laughs> West is always going to be up there, but, you know, th- this would be in the running. Yeah, definitely cost-wise it'll be the most. Cost-wise it would be the biggest. Yeah, so that, that was my first thing. I said, how much will Brunson cost the Pacers? Not only in outright money, but in what assets they might have to give up to acquire him. I think that's important mm-hmm. um, to, to look at. And I also said, will he negatively impact what the Pacers want to do long-term with Tyrese Halliburton? That's a really important question that needs to be answered. And I'm not sure if he will. I don't think he will. I think Halliburton is pretty much just a guy that loves to play with good basketball players and figure it yeah. out. And I think at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But – the Pacers have to look at this long-term and say, hey, is he going to negatively impact what we're going to do here with Halliburton? I said, is Brunson good enough defensively to help this team? Look, his offensive stats are off the chart. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. For his size, for his being six foot one, 190 pounds, you know, you're getting every bang for your buck here with, with what he does offensively. Defensively, if you watch, Clippers went at him, and I, and I know that you guys have probably noticed it too, but Utah has gone at him quite a bit. They're hunting him in pick and roll. Is that a concern the Pacers might have? knowing 
that uh, they need to really improve this defense. Look, I will just say this. The one thing about Dallas is they do not have a rim protector that is elite as Miles Turner. No. So that would be something that would not worry me as much. But I think it all depends on how they go about this. And then last thing, like you said, are we concerned about his overall build? Are we worried about him being a little bit smaller? Personally, I'm not at all. But this could be something that could be of concern for the Pacers. And that is, I think, really it all comes down to cost. And that goes to our last topic for this segment. What type of contract would you be willing to offer Jalen Brunson? Oh man, I look as the last so in the last point as it relates to the height. I'd feel I feel better knowing that Tyrese Halliburton has great length and, and size. If we yeah. had another short point guard, I wouldn't feel good having like two six one guys in the backcourt. Yeah, you that that Brunson and Aaron Holiday would be a bad. Oh my god, no, <laughs> no. So to answer your next question, look, um, I, I imagine the big is going to start at twenty million dollars per year. However. We're hearing that the Detroit Pistons are very interested. They have, you know, they're one of the few teams that has a lot of cap space. They have a hair above the money that we have. It's like uh, it's like maybe like a two hundred thousand dollar difference. So they very well could be, you know, shelling out some cash. Um, I, but at the end of the day, I feel fine giving him Brogdon money if it comes down to twenty two million dollars per year, or it comes down to you asking me who would you rather have over the next three years. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon or Jalen Brunson, I'm going Brunson because I don't believe that Brogdon can stay healthy anymore. So I've talked about it before. He's he's played, you know, 68 games or more in three of his four years. Hey, at that point, I'll take it because Brogdon's given us about half a season lately. Yeah, so this is what I put down. I said the contract I'd be willing to offer this free agent if I feel like he is what the Pacers want is four years for $92 million. Okay. $23 million a year. All right. Which is a hair above Brogdon. Yep. But the reason I give him that, it's very similar money, number one. So sign and trade works perfectly here. And number two, it um I, I just feel like with him being a little bit younger, I'm not as worried about it. And you have to realize the cap space or, or the cap will probably uh spike a little bit in the next couple Eventually, of years. Yeah. With the TV money, with fans going back into the arena, stuff like that. So I'm not worried about him having 23 million for the next four years on this roster. Um I, Honestly, it's really not like an uh, outrageous contract. I think you might even have to offer potentially more. But what I did say, the Pacers could do salary raises every year to start the first year at a lower payment, if that's how they feel this would be beneficial to them in terms of like, you know, start at 19, then 21, then 23, then 25. So it all bounces out. You know how that works. So maybe they could do that. But I still just think a flat rate of 23 million a year is not a bad contract for a guy that is an everyday starter in this league and has been successful to a certain degree in the playoffs. It's it's really not because in a couple of years or just maybe it could be a year or two, that's going to be the going rate for a a good guard. I mean, we're seeing players get ridiculous salaries. I mean, we got a guy in Ben Simmons who's making close to $40 million to even play this year. Then we're also, we, we entertain the idea a couple episodes ago about, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is going to be making over $40 million in a couple of years. So yeah. if you're talking about a guy who, from an offensive standpoint, is a really good player and he's going to be at $23 million and he's still young, hey, I feel fine with that because we're already paying Brogdon that money, basically. So it doesn't feel like, hey, we're going to make this big leap or anything like that. And look, we're talking about the Pacers having real cap space and not being able to attract free agents. I'm sorry, but if you're going to attract a guy like Jalen Brunson, you're going to have to outbid others. And that's what it's going to take. 
And this year, yeah. it's very few teams that could even potentially afford him. I'll go through the teams right now. We're talking about the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, we're talking about the Pacers. There's the Spurs that are going to be in the running. And then, well, cap-wise. And then the Pistons. It really feels like it's a race as of now between, I'd say, the Pistons, obviously the Mavs, the Knicks, and then, hey, the Pacers could be in there. Yeah, I mean, if I'm him and I'm looking at all those teams, I think the Pacers make the most sense if I'm not going to stay in Dallas. But if I was him and I had all those options, I'd probably prefer to stay in Dallas. Get that fifth year. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true, too. Get that fifth year guaranteed money if they're willing to give it to him. But at the same time, you have to wonder, um, are they going to lowball him? How much are they going to offer him? And will he take a hometown discount to stay in, put in Dallas, knowing that he's comfortable and familiar there? But, uh, Fachi, let's take one more break. We'll come back and wrap this up with our final uh, few topics here to talk about on our free agent topic, Jalen Brunson. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Fachi, so let's get into it here. Um, I want to talk about the likelihood of a deal happening. I want you to give me a percentage and explain why you chose this percentage for the Pacers getting Brunson. I'm going to say 30 to 35%. So I guess we could split the difference at like 32.5%. Look, yeah, trying to be accurate. No, but the Pacers, look, they're going to have a need at the guard spot. I believe Brogdon will be dealt. I don't feel like the Pacers view McConnell as a starter. I feel like it's always, I just prefer him off the bench. Um, But then also the Pacers are going to be one of the few teams with real cap space. Say the Mavs don't want to entertain a sign and trade. Well, you know what? That's going to limit the amount of teams that can really afford to give Brunson a true offer that he's looking for. Something, you know, above $20 million or so. We're one of the few. So, look, our cap space, we're going to have roughly 25 to $26 million. So, basically, you're talking about the Pistons and Magic. I don't really see the Magic pursuing them. They have other guards over there. The Pistons are believed to be serious. The Spurs, you know, I don't think they will. I know they have DeJounte Murray over there, but they traded Derek White. So, who knows? The Blazers, I don't know. I don't know what they're planning. They have a lot of cap space, but they also they have a lot of things to fill. Maybe they go out for more established starters. We'll see. The Knicks definitely going to be serious, but they need to clear some cap space first. Um, yeah. So I, I put it at a lower percentage because you know there are Brunson's dad has ties to the Knicks. They have a need at point. True. Five. Leon Rose, uh, the president of the Knicks, was Brunson's agent. Brunson's current agent is Leon Rose's son, and Brunson has long ties to Coach Tibbs, uh, dating back to his dad being very close to them. So, hey, don't are... be skipping ahead segments now. Well, I, uh, oh, I guess that could be that could be or something like that. Yes. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, look, the, the, the odds are 
I wouldn't say stacked against the Pacers. We're going to be in the running. Are we the favorite? I don't say the favorite, but I think that we're in the running. Yeah, I said 40% here, Fachi. So I wasn't too far off from you. Maybe a little bit higher, more optimistic. But I said trading uh, trading for Brunson will be a hard thing to do, even if the Pacers offer him a lot of money. Will he buy into a rebuild? That's that's a big question mark. Is he going to buy into this rebuild? Does he like Carlisle? <laughs> I mean, that's a big question mark, too. Um, I, I just also think playing next to Luka in Dallas, that sounds so much more likely, more exciting to me than, than oh, I'm, I'm playing with Halliburton and, and Turner and, and this first-round draft pick. Like, no offense to the Pacers, but if I'm him and I'm picking between the two, uh, it really might have to come down to money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, that, I think it will. Yeah, that's where the Pacers might have to overpay to get him. And, you know, uh, I'm sure his agent will let the Pacers know how much Dallas is willing to offer him because they'll want to play that game of like, hey, we want Dallas to pay more. Maybe the Pacers offer more. Maybe we go back and forth here with this. But I think out of all the available teams that have the cap space, um, maybe maybe Detroit is a little bit better than I think the Pacers are right now just because they have another top pick. They've got Cade Cunningham and they've got Sadiq Bey. Um, I still think it's pretty close between the two of them based on uh, what team he might want to join. But the Knicks, man, that's another enticing one. I, 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 like, I, like I said earlier, I really feel like that we're not going to do a sign and trade was a direct shot to the Knicks. Hey, you're not getting this guy. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I just feel like Detroit, I could easily see them really being like, hey, we're going to throw a lot of money at you. You're going to be a starter over here. This is going to be kind of like, I don't want to say like the, the Jeremy Grant type of situation because Grant took maybe a little bit less money over there, but he's going to be given, I'd say, a big role compared to some other teams where you could be like maybe you're the third best guy yeah. or you know anything like that. I think he's going to have a really big role in Detroit if you know they really if that's a serious option. I mean, mm -hmm. he just might not want to play there. But I think when it comes to signing your first real contract, it tends to be the players value the money over winning and when he will work itself out later, maybe you're unhappy, you could request a trade, but this is yeah. his real opportunity to cash in, especially after being a second round pick. Absolutely. So let me go to the next one here, which is, I said, you're kind of spoiling already, but mm -hmm. um, do you have any cool stories that you found out about Jalen Brunson or any fun facts about, about him and maybe his upbringing? I kind of, I kind of, you know, took the cat out of the bag early on about his, uh, his cool stats as it relates to being in the paint. I just thought at his size of 6'1", how elite he was at finishing at the rim, finishing within, you know, five feet, within 10 feet. So I thought that was really, um, you know, really cool. But also just the fact that, hey, he's a son of, a, of an NBA player. I think that, yeah. that says a lot right over there. And the man is just a winner. I mean, who in your point guard, you want winning in the DNA. And I just feel like that's what he showed in college. And he was slept on. Goes to the NBA. He was slept on again. And he's now finally proven, hey, what more do I have to prove wrong? Because it's just like, this is who I am. I'm a winner. And at this point, he's caught my attention. Yeah, for sure. So there was an article that I found online with, uh, I believe it was his mother, Sandra. Brunson, who did an article, I forget who the article came from, but I, I took some quotes out of there just to uh, to share this with you. And it said, Jalen's father, Rick, was a journeyman in the NBA, like you talked about. Uh, when Brunson was three years old, his father was a part of the New York Knicks. Jalen would go to most home games with him. Um, he would put on a suit, pack a duffel bag, 
Uh, and then he would shoot shots on the court before the game. And uh, he had a lot of fun uh, just kind of owning the locker room when he would go in there. So I think that's pretty funny. As a three-year-old, he's already learning how to do all this. Um, he would tell his mom on his way out, I'm going to my game. So he viewed it as his game, not even his dad's. Um, and then when he'd come home, he'd, he'd change it to a jersey and shoot baskets all the time on a mini goal. So more, more things here that are interesting, though. I, I think this is kind of just shows who Jalen is as a person. Uh, when he was in grade school, his mother would take him to a nearby park where he would shoot for hours. While he was shooting, his father would drive to his own workouts and be, and then come back from that workout, and Jalen would still be out there shooting. So I think that just tells you how hard of a worker he was, even at a young age, putting in that work. And so and then in middle school, his father became his personal trainer. Uh, his father had retired from the NBA and became a basketball coach. And during that time through college and the NBA, his family moved seven different times. That's a lot of time to be moving, Fachi. Really uh, is. And uh, I, I think with all the moving, basketball became his first love because so many different cities, so many different towns, it's really big. So um, in, uh, in middle school, he quit baseball, soccer, and football to focus on basketball. Uh, he won the 2015 FIBA U19 MVP. And uh, his grandfather apparently had to leave the arena because the crowd was just uh, very, uh, you know, back and forth. And it was just hard for him to be a part of that. But he won a state championship and two player of the years in Illinois. Like you said earlier, he won the NCAA tournament at Villanova and was the consensus national player of the year. Jalen already has done a great job of taking care of his body in college. He focused hard on his nutrition, eating frozen fruit, smoothies, and nuts over candy. Uh, I think that's pretty important to talk about how he's already taken care of his body because we know some young players don't really have that mentality to do that. So they learn it over time, but he um, thought that was pretty interesting. And then lastly, he always dreamed of being a pro basketball player and worked tirelessly to get there. Unteachable work ethic that has helped him get to where he is today. So that was kind of just a really cool article and I wanted to pull some of the main stuff out of there because I was just like wow that just kind of epitomizes who Jalen Brunson is and I feel like uh, an unteachable work ethic was exactly the perfect way to describe Jalen Brunson. Absolutely I mean he gave us pretty much everything shy of just his favorite color I mean <laughs> at that point no I, I feel like that's awesome seriously when you hear the background information of how hard he works that's that's the difference where it's like, look, I'm not trying to take a shot at Ben Simmons right now, but we're talking about a guy that we didn't know how hard he works. And you're talking about since Jalen Brunson was three years old, he's been training for the NBA. Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is the man's dream. It's in his blood. It's everything he's ever worked for. And you know that even when he signs a contract, it's not going to be like, okay, I'm going to stop working now. You get the feeling he's probably going to work even harder because he's probably going to feel, hey, I need to prove these people, you know, wrong that that I'm not worth this money that I am. So I'm going to I'm going to show them. It's just it's constantly this guy has had a chip on his shoulder and it's just awesome. Maybe it comes from his dad being a journeyman. So yeah. it's always like he's had to work that much harder. And Brunson, hey, whatever it is, he's 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 shown from day one, from age three, whatever you want to call it that this man belongs, and, and I can't wait to see him take that next step forward. Yeah, a couple of things here, too, that, and I think you brought up some great points. The fact that his dad was a journeyman makes you wonder, would he rather just stay in one city and play for that team instead of moving because how did moving affect him? But they also lived in Illinois where he won two state championships, and that means the Midwest. Went to Ooh, Villanova, hey. and that's kind of in the Midwest to a certain degree as well. So. You know, I think that is something to keep an eye on because he was very comfortable in this part of town. So um, not really one that really talks about Dallas, obviously, New York, Philadelphia, Illinois, um, all kind of feel like they're in that 
same vicinity on the East Coast, right? So maybe uh, maybe down south is not something that he uh, where he wants to live at his whole career. But I think those are two things to look at. But I do want to talk a little bit here and uh, our next topic. And how do the fans feel about this? How do Pacer fans feel about this? So put this out on Twitter yesterday. I said if the Pacers were to go after Jalen Brunson in free agency, how would you feel about this? Would you want Jalen Brunson in free agency, basically? I'm going to read a couple of these tweets here, Fachi. We had a very mixed bag of opinions. Um, BS Express said, no thanks. Rather aim higher with the money we have at our disposal. Chris Weech said, I can see a sign-in trade, if anything, with Brogdon going back to Dallas. Florida man said he would be elated. Ross from the corner three, Ross said, can't afford him and the future at point guard as Halliburton passed for me. Uh, somebody replied and said they definitely can't afford him. Um, Evan Collier said, if the Pacers don't draft Jaden Ivey, I'm fine with this. Pelk Dog just said no. Uh, Son, uh, no, I can't actually, I don't even know. So then Rob said, okay, that's the ad handle. Sorry, excuse me. So then Rob said, he's going to earn himself some money, especially after the Utah series wraps up, but I think it might impede Halliburton a bit. I'd rather find a taller two with a bit more defensive prowess. Ghost Dog said, for the right price, I'm here for it. He'd be a nice combo guard to pair with Halliburton. And G Stewart said, if you trade Malcolm, then he would be a great pickup. So, like I said, kind of all over the place here, Fletch. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that everybody made valid points over there to an extent. Uh, the one thing that was a little bit comical was the ones like, I'd rather use our dollars and aim a bit higher. It's like, who do you think <laughs> we're signing? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like... Man, no one's taking the bag from us. So, you know, this would finally be someone that I feel like is obtainable uh, for the Patriots. But also, I say that with basically saying, A, we have to trade Brogdon first. B, we're missing out on Jaden Ivey. Like, these are factors that go into it. And also, look, if the price tag really does get, you know, that crazy, is this really the guy that the Patriots want to break the bank on and pay upwards of $25 million? I don't know at that point. Now it's getting a little bit crazy. But if we're at that 22 to $23 million mark, just like you and I mentioned, I feel comfortable there. That's going to be the going rate for, for a really good guard, you know, in a year or two. But all, all great stuff. I mean, look, would I prefer him to be a little bit taller and better defensively? I think we would prefer every player in the NBA to be a little bit taller and a little bit better defensively. But that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I felt like a lot of those points were valid. There's yep. no wrong answer here. It's just yeah. your opinion. Nope. So I just wanted to get a, a pulse on what the fan base was saying. And there's plenty of more comments. You can go over to at setting the pace three and check those out if you're interested um, and see what fans had to say about this. But obviously, we're not here for discourse. We're just here to talk about it. So, Fachi, as we wrap up this podcast, I think it's been really fun to kind of dive into Jalen Brunson overall as a player. Um, share your overall thoughts on him and how you truly feel about him if he were to come to this team overall I, I like Brunson I've always liked him you know just because I remember him in college and I remember when he slipped to the second round I was like oh wow like really I thought he would have been at least a first round pick and no, he's just proven everybody wrong I think that right now it's kind of hard uh you know really establishing yourself when there's someone that dominates the ball as much as Luka Doncic but Brunson stood out and this playoff series made me and I would say so many others a believer because I think yeah. a lot of people felt like he was a good player. He's shown in this playoffs that he, I don't want to say could be a great player, but he's playing great right now. And just the accuracy, that's what really stood out to me because there's so many guards that their numbers are misleading. He has the accuracy to back it up. 
So that was really the, the, the big thing that stood out to me. So overall, I would be very intrigued if the Pacers could get Jalen Brunson. Uh, if they didn't get him, I would say, hey, you know what? Maybe there's better ways to spend 23 to $25 million per year. But if they did get him, I would very much be intrigued by the pairing of him and Halliburton. And I would view it as a major positive. Yeah, and this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but I kind of get Fred Van Vliet vibes when I think of Jalen Brunson. And you guys I know, know. you've had a soft spot for Fred for I, a while. I have, and he went undrafted, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And look what he's done for the Raptors. Look, they're not they're really good. He's really good an all-star this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I think Jalen Brunson can be an all-star, but I'm not going to say why. I mean, say he can't be. Um, I think they're different players for sure. Don't get me yep. wrong, but they're both a little bit undersized guards, but they were able to play off ball. I mean, look at Fred Van Viet played with Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely um, a big reason why was because of their defensive abilities. I think Brunson is the worst defender, but I will just say this overall. I completely agree. I would prefer someone a little bit bigger. Maybe I would prefer yep. probably a Jaden Ivey or a Shaden Sharp in the draft over, over Jalen Brunson. One, because of the contract. Two, because of the age. And three, because of where the Pacers are right now. But I also, if the Pacers are able to get someone like a Keegan Murray or a Jabari Smith or a Paolo Bencaro, somebody like that, then I think, hey, this is a perfect guy that makes a lot of sense here. And Indiana is not a team that is going to attract big name free agents, bottom line. So, yes, we have a little bit of money this year. Yes, it could be enticing for him to come here. But I just think overall, I think it's a solid B if the Pacers are able to get him. I I don't think it's a slam dunk. I don't think it's an A-plus signing. But I do think that it's a really good player that could help this team grow and continue to move forward. I think they would probably win at least 10 more games with Brunson on the roster and this rookie that we're going to draft here in the top eight, top nine, so at minimum. So this is how I feel about this team moving forward. They just have to continue to add good players. And I think right now Jalen Brunson is a really good player. And if you're able to add him, then I think you should look at it if you don't draft a player at the same position. Exactly. He has to be on the Pacers' radar. If the Pacers are to go with like a Keegan Murray or something like that, then look, adding Brunson I think is great. But I'm with you. My priority is trying to get Jaden Ivey or Shaden Sharp. I think that, A, they're going to be way cheaper. B, they're younger. Their potential, I feel like, is, is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Is Shaden Sharp an, an absolute gamble? He is. But given the state of this franchise, I'm ready to take a you know a mammoth swing for the fences on yeah. that. So if they can do that, hey, it's got to change things because you don't draft a guy like Shaden Sharp who's going to need time to develop and then not have the time to develop him. So Mm -hmm. that would definitely change things for me, but I'm with you on that. Yeah, and I will say this. A lot of people have said in the comments, too, that we already have enough guards, and I kind of agree to that. We do. I agree with that to a certain extent, which we didn't have enough guards for a while. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Buddy Heald off the bench with T.J. McConnell makes a lot of sense. I don't know where you guys view Dwayne Washington at, but I don't know if he's a long-term piece. He's I think he's a fringe rotation guy on a playoff team. Yeah. Probably not in in a top... 10 rotation there for a playoff team, but you know, I mean, if you had Brunson, Halliburton, McConnell and Buddy Hield as your guard rotation, throw Chris Duarte obviously in there, but I think he could play some three. Um, I don't think that's the worst guard rotation, but it's nothing like, Oh wow. This is just like, Oh, an amazing backcourt, but it's a pretty good one. And I think that's kind of where you are with the Pacers. And I know fans get frustrated with that, but you just have to realize what it is. The Pacers do not have, the assets that a team like the Lakers or the Warriors or even New York and Brooklyn have, they're 
they're kind of stuck where they're at in terms of their ability to get free agents and what they're able to pay. So I think if they were to get Brunson, like you said, it might be one of the best free agent signings in Pacers mm-hmm. history. It wouldn't be able to argue it. You can't. I mean, look, is he an all-star? No, he's not. But he's a very good player. And historically, you know, even really good players haven't chosen the Pacers. I mean, guys, it wasn't that long ago that literally all we signed was Torrey Craig. I mean, it was it was Torrey Craig, and we re-signed TJ McConnell. And, and we tried to sell ourselves on it. of like, oh, it's not that bad. But, no, it was bad. So, <laughs> you know, if we could sign Brunson, it's a big deal for the Pacers and it can't be presented any other way other than a big deal because a signing like that it's a step in the right direction to be able to help convince some other talent to come here I don't think that Brunson has the power to really convince anyone yet but you're starting to add young promising building blocks like a Brunson and a Halliburton and guys want to play with those type of players yeah, the rebuild's got to start somewhere, and adding building blocks is a yep. huge is a huge way to kick this thing off. So there you guys have it. That is our free agency podcast. A lot of information, probably a little bit overkill with Jalen Brunson content, but hey, um, we wanted to lay everything out there for you for why you could make the case for him to be here or not to be here. So really appreciate you guys, and let us know how you guys uh, like this episode as we dove really deep into Jalen Brunson. We have about nine more free agents on the list that we're going to do some deep dives in. And I'm sure not all of them will be this in-depth. Um, but I think with Jalen Brunson being a very uh, a very good player and someone that's probably a little bit better, probably in the top 10 um, in terms of like overall free agents this year that could be uh, uh, you know signed to a new team or had a lot of interest from other teams, I think he's definitely one to talk about. So with that being said, Fosh, tell the people where they can find us out on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And if you're excited to be a fan of the Indiana Pacers, then say these three words Let's go, Pacers! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.